All right. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Hey, welcome to the house. It's good to have you here in Florence, man. Thanks so much for showing up. Is anybody thankful to be on the other side of the snowpocalypse? Let's go. Man, that's, that's what we call home in the north, but it's a hurricane down here in the south, blizzards, ice. It's good to get... How many people actually went sled riding? You actually got out, made a snowman, went out, threw a snowball, something like that. How many had some fun? How many people were just curmudgeons and you were just grouchy in the house? Awesome. How many people like ate 5,000 calories a day? Anybody? Yeah, me too. Gosh, I need to get back to a gym bad. Well, hey, listen, my name is Steve Husky, lead pastor here at Faith Church. I want to say welcome to everybody here in Florence. Can we show some love for our Lawrenceburg Faith Church family? It's good to have you guys in the house. With the week of bad weather up in the north, obviously, man, we lost a week in our building program for our brand new facility in Lawrenceburg. But if you've not been in Lawrenceburg, I'm telling you, man, God is doing some big things. Excited about a brand new building that's going to launch sometime in late summer, early fall. Come on, y'all, giving to that. You're making that happen. Thank you for your generosity. Well, listen, want to welcome not just all of our Faith Church family, but all of our VIPs, our first-time guests, whether you are in person or you're watching online, thanks so much for joining us. We say it every week, come on, that we believe that Jesus, come on, say it, he's the hope of the world. Whatever your hurt, your heartache, your challenge is, if you'll open up and allow Jesus to meet you where you are, it'll be the greatest decision that you've ever made. Amen? Well, hey, listen, we are in this series that we've been talking about entitled Vogue. Everybody say Vogue. Vogue, what is Vogue? Vogue is what's in style. It's what's in, not what's out. It's what you should be wearing, not what you shouldn't be wearing. Well, who determines that? Well, in the month of February, the month of February is known as Fashion Month. All over the world, in many major cities, the fashion industry is getting together, running models out on the runway, letting us know, the small people of the world, what we should and should not be wearing. And because it's Fashion Month, I thought we would lean into what God's Word says on the topic of fashion. Because whether you know it or not, God actually has a lot to say on the topic from cover to cover, front to back. God addresses the issues of what we should wear. So we've been posing this question, what is Vogue for Christ followers? If you're here and you're a person of faith, if you love Jesus, what's Vogue? What should you be wearing? And again, surprisingly, God addresses this question very prolifically. In fact, all the way in the beginning of the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, God addresses the very first tailors. Right? And if you don't know the story, it's the story of Adam and Eve. God creates a paradise. God creates a perfect place for perfect people who have a perfect relationship with their God. And in the middle of it, God sets one boundary. God sets one rule, one law, and tells Adam and Eve, listen, you can eat of any tree in the garden. Just don't eat of this one tree. And Adam and Eve, they disobey God. They break God's law. They commit cosmic treason like all of us have. We've all sinned. And because of that, the Bible says that in that moment of sin, that they felt naked and afraid. They, were, they felt the shame of their disobedience. And just like you do is the same that I do is the same thing they did. When they got caught, they tried to hide it. Come on, every time you do something wrong, people don't go public with it. People try to cover it up. People try to make sure people don't find out. And so what they did was they tried to cover their nakedness with some leaves. They tailored the first outfit. And really, it's a picture of us that, again, when we sin, we try to cover it up with good deeds. We try to cover up our mistakes with religion. And at the end of the day, the same way Adam and Eve couldn't cover their sin, we can't cover ours. Come on, we are all clothed with a, uh, a, a sin-stained garment. We are all covered in our rags of rebellion. But come on, is anybody thankful for Jesus that showed up and clothed us in his robe of righteousness? And so Paul gives us this announcement. He says, clothe yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
What he's saying is when you make a decision and you recognize that you can't cover your own sin, but God sent his son Jesus to be our savior, to cover our sin for us. When you put your faith in Jesus in that moment, that's what it means to put on the Lord Jesus. Come on. How many people here has put on Christ? Come on, somebody. Y'all be excited about that. And so we said this, right, that acceptance is dependent on apparel. Right? It feels like a very worldly thing, right? You don't feel like you fit in because you don't have the right stuff on. Did you know that principle started with God? That again, you have to make sure that you have put on Jesus to have a relationship with God that's acceptable. We can't get there on our own. We need Jesus. And week number two, we talked about the conversation that Paul continues in this idea of what's vogue for Christ followers. He tells us multiple times in the New Testament that our spiritual journey is about putting things on. That's like putting on clothes. And he tells us this in Ephesians chapter 6. He says, one of the things that you need to put on, come on by shout, put on, you need to put on the armor of God. That you're in a real spiritual battle. I'm in a real spiritual battle. We have a real spiritual enemy who's fighting us from being all that God's called us to be and doing all that God's called us to do. And if you want to win the fight, you have to dress for success. And we said this in week number two, that your success is dependent on suiting up. That if you don't put on the things God wants you to put on, you won't win the fight that you're in. And then last week, we talked about the conversation where Paul says, there's not only things you need to put on, but there's stuff you ought to take off. That in a new season of life, there's stuff that can't go with you where you're going. There's things you can't carry with you where God's putting you. And so he tells us there's some stuff we got to take off. And so we talked about some, some four fa- the four fashion faux pas that we commit as Christians. And uh, we talked about those things. And we said this, don't dress to impress, dress to bless that if you'll take off the things that's holding you back, you'll be the person that God's ultimately called you to be. And today, week number four, we're going to finish this series out. How many people have been excited by this series, been helped by this series, been encouraged by this? So I don't know if anybody else has done this, especially if you're the person responsible for the laundry in your house, and especially if you have kids. But I remember growing up that some of the biggest trouble that we got into as kids is when mom did the laundry. And the reason was because every time mom did the laundry, she made sure to check all the pockets before she put clothes in the washing machine. And anytime she was checking pockets, she always found stuff that we wished she wouldn't have found. Come on, somebody. Like all the way back, I'm not not an only kid. I have two older brothers. And again, my mom has all kinds of stories that she found, all kinds of stuff. All the way when one of my brothers was little, she reached in his pocket to a pair of jeans and pulled out a pocket full of worms. All the way to stuff that I can't even talk about she pulled out. Come on. We're in church, somebody. Let's go. And some of the worst things I got in trouble for, and anybody here, who's, who are the Gen Xers in the house? I'm a Gen Xer. Gen Xers, we are the last generation that existed before cell phones existed. We're the last generation, which means we're the note generation. Come on, where's all my note people at? Back in the day, right, y'all spoiled. You get to send somebody a text and... Right Back in the day, if you wanted to let somebody know something, you had to write a note. You had to slip it to them in the hallway, let them know where the party's at. Come on, let them know where the keggers at. Come on, I know we're in church, but y'all ain't always been in church. <laughs> right? Let them know who you was going with, the people you... And then you would leave that note in your pocket, and mom would find it. She'd get all the download information. Come on, we got in trouble so many times because what mom found in our pockets. And so I thought, you know, man, thinking about that conversation, that we would hide things in our pockets that would eventually get caught, we would eventually get found out. I wanted to ask you this question as we finish this series, Vogue, is what's in your pocket? What's in your pocket? I think if we're honest, all of us from time to time, we hide things in our pocket 
And they don't really hide very well. We're going to dig into this, right? Come on, if you chew tobacco, and that's a whole other conversation. Come on, everybody's got that little round hockey puck thing going on. That's not a north thing. That's just a south thing, just so you know. Or some of you guys got the, you got the skinny jeans on, and you still insist putting your iPhone in your pocket, and you just got like this square on your hip. Come on, you can hide something in your pocket, but it still eventually gets revealed. And I think if we're honest, Lawrenceburg or Florence, I think all of us, we hide things in our pocket. Some of you are hiding hurt. Somebody took advantage of you. Someone hurt you at some point in life. Somebody raped you. Somebody took advantage of you and like you've hidden that down and you don't want anybody to know you went through that season. Some of you are hiding habits. Like you got a pill addiction and nobody really knows or you don't think anybody knows and as long as it's hidden, you think you're okay. A lot of us, we got some sin in our life, some stuff, some things we did or some things we're doing and we're not talking about it, and we just don't think anybody knows. As long as nobody knows, I'm going to be okay. And I just want you to know that hidden things can hold you back. As long as you have it hidden, as long as it's hidden in your pocket, and you think it's hidden, I want you to know it's not really hidden. It's going to hold you back. And so I want us to lean into a conversation in the book of Joshua, and there's a story there that we're going to dig some details out. And if you have something hidden, my hope today is that God will turn your pockets inside out. And you walk out of this place, a brand new person set free in the name of Jesus. Come on, how many people is down for that? Lawrenceburg, anybody excited, man, for the grace of Jesus? So here's the story, right? God takes the nation of Israel, God's people, God's chosen people. They've been slaves for 400 years in Egypt. And God brings them, delivers them by this guy named Moses out of Egypt. And God takes them into the promised land. Is anybody thankful God doesn't just call us out of stuff, but God calls us into stuff? Come on. I'm thankful for new beginnings in Jesus. And so he tells this nation, hey, I'm taking you into the promised land. And when you close the fifth book of the Bible, Deuteronomy, we find that God's uh, leader, Moses, dies. And God appoints the next leader to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land. His name is Joshua, whom the book is titled after. And God tells him, hey, you're going to go into the promised land, and you're going to go from city to city, region to region, and you're going to displace the people that belong, that the city belongs to you, this area belongs to you. And so they go from city to city, and they take over. And when you get to Joshua chapter 6, they get to their very first city. If you've been in church for a while, you probably have heard it. It's the city of Jericho. Joshua and the battle of Jericho, Jericho right? And it's this cool story, right? It's a story of these huge walls, and ultimately, they don't even have to fight. They just circle the city, and the walls fall down, and they run, and they take it. And before they go into the city, God gives just one instruction. God says, when you get into the very first city, and when you take the city, God says, when it's all wiped out, God says, don't take any of the gold, don't take any of the silver, don't take any of the bronze, don't take any of the iron. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to me. Make sure you don't take any of it for yourself. Make sure it all goes to the treasury of the temple. It belongs to me. It's the only instruction God gives. And so they go in, and sure enough, they kick butt. Jericho falls. They take the first city. They're taking the promised land. God's promise is coming to pass. Man, they are fired up. And Joshua chapter 6 ends with this verse right here. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his reputation spread throughout the land. So I want you to see this. Who was responsible for the victories? Well, God was responsible. Like they fought in God's strength, underneath God's favor, through God's direction. But I want you to notice that God basically allows Joshua to take some credit. Well, still it's unfair because God should get the glory. And Joshua didn't fight alone. Joshua fought with armies of people. 
But there's a principle that starts to get unpacked. And here's the principle. is all it takes is one person living a life of obedience. And God can take one person living a life of obedience. And God can cause people to be blessed around them. If God can just get one person who loves Jesus on the campus, just get one person who loves Jesus in the house. Just get one person. Come on, just one person will show up. God can transform an entire area with just one person. And so God finds this one man, Joshua. And through this one man, Joshua, God starts doing all these cool things. And his reputation spreads. And then Joshua chapter 7 turns a corner, and it says this, one word, Joshua 7. What's that word say together? One, two, three, but. Have you ever gone through a but season in your life? A but season. The but season is when it feels like everything's going great. It feels like you're in a good place, like you got positive momentum, and all of a sudden, but. Like, man, our marriage is rolling. Like, we were in a good place. We were communicating, but. You go see your kids' teachers, right, parent-teacher conference, and they tell you about your son or your daughter. Hey, man, he's doing really good. She's paying attention in class, getting her all their homework in time. Like, man, killing math, but, like, that's when you lean in. It's like there's all of this good news. Has anybody, you ever been in a place where you felt like things were right, you felt like things were trending up, you were in a good place, and then you hit a but moment? It's like you hit this snag in life. And all of a sudden, things start going sideways. All, the, all of a sudden, things start going bad. Come on, has anybody here ever felt that? What causes those things? Well, maybe it just might be what's hidden in your pocket is the thing that's hindering you and holding you back. And so Joshua chapter 7 tells us what was behind the butt. And so here's the story. They go from city number one, Jericho. They go to fight in city number two. It's this little city called Ai. And when you contrast the two cities, it's pretty telling, right? Again, Jericho was this huge city. AI was this teeny tiny, almost this little nowhere place. Jericho had a huge military force. AI, just a little militia. Jericho had huge walls. AI, there's none mentioned, maybe a picket fence. It's almost like the difference of fighting Nashville or Green Hill. And in fact, Joshua, he's like, man, we don't even need to all go to battle. Like, let's just send two or 3,000 soldiers. Like, they're a little nobody city. We can wipe them out pretty quick, and we'll be done. And so the next day, these soldiers mount up. Two, they just send uh, 3,000 soldiers. They go in. They go to this little city, AI. They think they're going to take city number two. And AI, the militia, shows up and kicks Israel's rear end and puts them on the run. They go running back to Joshua like a little broke kid running back to mommy. And the story tells us not only did they lose the fight, but 36 men lost their lives. And they run back to Joshua and they're like, Joshua, like you told us we could win this city and you told us God was with us and you told us as long as God was with us, we can't lose the fight. And we went there to fight and, and we lost the battle. Like Joshua, what's going on? How did we lose this fight? How did we get from momentum to a butt moment? And God tells them, check this out. Joshua chapter 7, verse 11 says this. Israel, this is God's response. Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me. And they have not only stolen them, but they have lied about it and hidden things among their own belongings. Remember I told you the one condition God said, that first city, Jericho, whatever's in there, don't keep it, give it to me. God said the reason the reason you lost the fight is because I wasn't with you. And the reason I wasn't with you is because you betrayed me. God said, I told you to give it all to me, but one person took some of the stuff, 
His name's Achan. Achan. Achan took some of this stuff and he wanted it for himself. And so he took what belonged to God and he hid it. And here's what's crazy. This, I, want you, I don't know if you've seen this, but God said, the whole nation sinned against me. Well, the whole nation didn't just one guy by the name of Achan. And here, here's what I want you to see is the same way the nation was blessed by one man, Joshua, the entire nation was cursed because of one man, Achan. Achan disobeyed God. Achan disobeyed what God said. Achan's the one who took some of the stuff that belonged to God. But even though it was one man's choice, the entire nation had consequences. I want y'all just to lean into this. Lawrenceburg, I want you to hear this. One of the most powerful principles you will ever learn in your life is personal responsibility. See, a lot of us think that we live in this little bubble, and if I do something, it's just on me, and it doesn't affect anybody else. I want you to know that we're connected as a church. I want you to know we're connected as a community. I want you to know we're connected as humanity, and what you do impacts me, and what I do impacts you. And what Aiken forgot was, even though he took something and hid it in his pocket and thought nobody knows because it's hidden, it impacted the whole nation. Not only did the nation lose the war, but 36 men lost their lives. 36 wives lost their husbands. Probably somewhere between 50 and 100 kids lost their daddies. Why? Because of one man. See, what I'm telling you is when you hide things in your pocket, come on, you need to hear this. Your disobedience will inevitably become someone else's dilemma. Just because you do it, you don't do it in a vacuum. Drunk drivers can choose to drink and drive, but often when they kill another family, when they kill somebody else on the road, that person and their entire families, come on, impacted. When a person chooses to do drugs and become a drug addict and fall into that lifestyle and get caught up in that addiction and overwhelmed by that habit, that doesn't just hold to them. That impacts their entire family unit. That starts to impact their friends. Husbands and wives, if you get in the place that you're tired of each other and you're ready to tap out, and you think like, I'm done with this marriage, I want you to know that that doesn't stay between you two. That impacts your kids, that impacts your family members, and that impacts your friends. What I'm trying to tell you is that we are people that God's created to have an influence on our world. Whether that influence is positive or negative, there is an influence in your life. And just because it's hidden in your pocket, it's not just holding you back. It can hold others back around you. Come on, things hidden are not really hidden. They're always going to come out. Come on, somebody. So God goes uh, and gives, again, Joshua instructions. Here's why you lost a fight. Because you, you have someone on the team who's, who's disobeyed. You have someone on the team who took what belonged to me. And so Joshua goes to this guy by the name of Achan. I love it because Achan, he admits to it, right? He says this. He says, Achan replied, it's true. I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel, among the plunder, I saw a beautiful robe of Babylon. He saw the Gucci belt and he had to have it. Come on, girls. He's like, I just, I just, I saw it and I had to have it. 200 silver coins in a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. And I wanted them so much that I took them. Watch this. And they are hidden in the ground beneath my tent with the silver buried deeper than the rest. I don't know if y'all picked up the conversation, but notice when God was speaking to Joshua, he said, Israel has sinned. Israel disobeyed me. He uses, he uses pronouns like they and them. And then Achan uses pronouns I. I sinned. I took it. I saw it. What's going on? You, you all have heard the phrase, right? There's no I in team. Well, there's no I in team, but a team is made up of a group of I's. There's no I in family. But every family is made up of a family unit of eyes. There's no I in church, but we're made up of, of a bunch of eyes. Again, I just want you to understand the power of this principle that, that we're connected with each other. And even though one man buried something and hid it in his pocket, again, it impacted the entire nation and concealed things 
still have consequences. You can hide it, but it's going to still come up. In fact, there's a principle the Apostle Paul talks about. And some of you guys who, who grew up maybe reading the King James Version, you might remember this, right? That as a man soweth, also does he reapeth, reap. Here's the principle. He says this, Galatians 6, 7. He says, do not be deceived. Every voice, Lawrence Berg and Florence Warner, read it out loud. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he, come on, say it again. A man reaps what he, here's the principle. And this principle is true. Listen, you don't even have to believe in God for this principle to be true in your life. This is a Christian principle. This is a non-Christian principle. This is an atheist principle. This is a Muslim principle. This, this is a people principle because this is God's principle. He said this is true for every person that whatever you sow in your life, whatever you plan in your life, that's what's eventually you're going to reap out of your life. Come on. Listen, what he's saying is, listen, if you go and you plant if you go plant exercise and you plant working out and you plant a good diet, come on, you can reap some abs. But, but if you plant being a couch potato and you, and you plant in your life bags of Doritos and midnight little Debbie dates with Debbie. <laughs> Anybody got dates with Debbie besides me? Come on. Woo. Susie Q, she's my girl. Come on, you ain't going to have no abs. Listen, if you want to plant, if you want to plant good communication and you want to plant date night and you want to plant, come on, time with your partner, you're going to reap a good marriage. The principle isn't positive or negative, it's neutral. How you choose to use the principle is going to determine what you get out. And this man, Achan, chose to take what belongs to God, and in disobedience, he hid it in his pocket, he buried it in the ground. And watch, when you bury something in the ground, when you take a seed and you put it underneath the dirt, and you cover it over with dirt, can anybody see the seed? Absolutely not. But give it enough time, and that root will begin to break through the ground, and it will eventually expose the fruit will expose the root. And I'm telling you, you can hide something in your life and just because people don't see it doesn't mean they don't sense it, which means you can have an affair going on in the background and maybe your wife doesn't know who the girl is, but I promise you she senses something's going on. Come on, kids, you can be running off the rails and your mom and dad may not know exactly who you're hanging out with, but they can sense not, something's not right. When you have something hidden in your life, when you have something holding you back, when you're carrying disobedience and sin in your life, I promise you, it's always gonna make its way out of your life. Whatever you so you're going to reap. Whatever you plant is going to come out. Whatever you've got hidden in your pocket, it is one day going to be exposed. Let's go, somebody. It's just a fact. <laughs> Several years ago, um, we got to go on a missions trip, and uh, we, we go to Honduras as a church, one of the primary uh, missions partners that we have, and uh, we were going down on a missions trip, about 20 of us from the church, and so I don't really like to travel. I travel a lot, but I, personally, I hate traveling. I'd rather always sleep in my own bed, and I hate carrying luggage. And anyway, so we get this whole, we got about 20 people from the church going and we're going through the airport, Nashville airport. And one of the things you guys know who travel, you have to do this is you have to go through the TSA checkpoint and they make you take off your shoes and take off your belt and take off your jacket. And you know, I mean, it's just a headache and they got to put all your stuff and they run it through the scanner. And so 20 of us from the church are going through this line. We're trying to hurry to get to our gate so we can catch our plane. Like it's this last minute rush. We finally get to the gate. I'm kind of doing a head count. Like there's Larry, John, Lisa, you know, I'm making sure everybody's there. And I realize we're a couple people short. So I'm trying to figure out who's missing when all of a sudden someone shouts up from the crowd, it's Pastor Ryan. 
Well, I remember Pastor Ryan was just behind us in the TSA check line, like not, not too long ago. And now what we found out was this person tells me that they, the TSA agents pulled Pastor Ryan out of the line and took him in a back room. Come on, we're talking about a rubber glove moment, people. Pop. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, I'm kind of panicked. Like, what's, what happened? Well, here, probably, I mean, it wasn't too long, but here comes Pastor Ryan down the, you know, down the tarmac and coming to the gate. And here he tells us what happened was when his bag ran through the scanner, what he had forgotten or didn't, wasn't aware of is that earlier in the year, they had moved him and his family from one house to another, and he had used the carry-on bag to carry some stuff, which was a gun. And he had mistakenly left a bullet inside his carry-on bag, and that got flagged. Here's what I want you to know. You can, watch this. You can pack whatever you want. You can pack knives, bombs, guns. You can put whatever, you can put underwear, cologne. You can pack whatever you want in your bag. And when you get, when, if you take an Uber to the airport, Uber driver won't know what's in your bag. You can walk through the airport. The agent behind the desk, can I help you, sir? Well, yes, ma'am. I'm going on a flight down to Cancun. I'd like my ticket, please. I'm going to go in some She don't know what's in your bag. People in the gate don't know what's in your bag. But what I promise you, when you go through that TSA checkpoint, somebody's going to find out what's in that bag. You might have everybody fooled what you have hidden in your pocket, but eventually it's going to come out and it's going to get exposed. Things hidden will eventually be exposed to others. It's just inevitable. It is coming out. Hide it all you want. It's going to come out. You can't help. You can't help it. You can't hold it back because what's in you always comes out, whether it's a positive influence or a negative influence. It always comes out. And this guy, Aiken, he took something that didn't belong to him and he hid it. And you think, well, nobody knew. It was hidden underground. His tent was on top of it and he slept in his tent. But you know who knew? God knew. God knew the whole time when they wanted to, God knew. And what's crazy as a culture is, again, it goes all the way back to Genesis. We feel this need, and it's out of shame, and it's out of guilt. We feel this need to hide stuff. And as long as I have it in my pocket, as long as it's hidden, nobody knows, and I don't have to explain it. And again, some of you who are struggling with addiction, you don't want to be addicted anymore. It started out as fun, but now you're bound up by it, and you don't know how to get out of it. And you're just ashamed to talk about it. Some of you are carrying the weight of an abortion or the weight of a rape in your life and like you're, like you're embarrassed and you're, you're like someone stole your value as a person and like you just got that stuff hidden deep down. And I want you to know you might hide that from everybody else in your life, but because it's in your life, it's impacting your life. And God wants to empty your pockets today. Pull out the hurt, pull out the sin, pull out the shame, pull out the struggle because God wants you, even though you walked in struggling and you walked in with stuff hidden in your pocket, God wants you in Lawrenceburg, God wants you in Florence, God wants you online to walk out today 100% free. Come on, is anybody down for that? And so he calls him out because again, it's, it's eventually going to get exposed. Did you know there's a verse, it's, it's kind of scary. Jesus says this, Jesus says that there's nothing hidden that won't be revealed. There's no secret that'll not be brought into the light. I don't know about you guys, but I think about, anybody else scared of the movie reel in heaven of your life? Like, oh, dang, don't play that part. I don't know if there's like a movie reel, but here's what I know is, man, I'm, I'm thankful for Jesus. I don't know what's gonna play on the movie reel of my life, but I'm thankful for Jesus because I'm covered, I'm forgiven, I have grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, is anybody thankful for that kind of grace? 
So again, he's, basically what Jesus is saying is you can deal with it on this side with grace or you can deal with it on that side with judgment. You can let him pull it out of your pocket now and find grace and a new beginning. Regardless of what you did or what was done to you, you can find a brand new beginning in Jesus. Or you can keep hiding it in your pocket, keep allowing it to haunt your life and relationships, and you can carry it into eternity. But either way, it's going to be exposed. So I remember um, my wife and I, we went on a cruise several years as well. And uh, so we'd gone off. Anybody been on a cruise before? You know you can get off these different ports and do these excursions. And so uh, getting off of this boat, my wife typically carries her purse like everywhere. And so, but we were going on this thing and she didn't want to carry a purse. So it was back in the day when cargo shorts were in for dudes. Notice I said back in the day, they're not in style anymore, dudes. You need to get rid of them. If you've got big cargo pockets, they're not Vogue. Anyway, wives, you can thank me later for that comment. So like I got these cargo shorts with big pockets and my wife's like, Steve, like I don't want to carry all this stuff, but will you carry, will you carry my stuff for me? And when I say my stuff, you know what I'm saying, right? Like, you know, right? I'm like, and I would never carry it because dudes, we just don't want to carry it. Like if you send us to the store for that stuff, we're not going. Like we'll go get ice cream. We'll get milk for you. We'll go get you whatever you want from the store, but we are not going to get your feminine products. And if we have to go, we're getting 70 other things that we don't really need and hiding it in the pile. Come on, do I got any guys with me? Y'all know what I'm talking about? So she's like, Steve, will you carry this stuff for me? I got to have it. And she's like, will you throw in my lipstick? And like, so I have female aisle number five in my cargo pants pocket. And I don't care because nobody can see it. It's hidden in my pocket. Nobody knows I'm good to go. My manhood is secure in my cargo pocket. And so we go out and we get off the boat and we walk around and we're going to get back on the ship. And again, if you've ever been there, you have to go through security to get back on the ship. So I go through security and this guy is patting me down. And he starts at the top. Nothing but muscles, abs, ball. I mean, you work out, don't you? Yes, sir, I do. And he goes down to the cargo pockets, and he gives like the, he's like, sir, can you empty your pockets? And I was like, here? I mean, there's like all these people, people we know in the back. And I start taking this stuff, female aisle number five out of my pockets and setting them on the thing. And my wife's like, all right, babe, I'll see you back at the ship. I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, gosh. I mean, I don't know why my manhood is threatened by feminine products, but it is. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to tell you, like, and I'm joking about, again, in that moment, what was hidden all day long got exposed. I want you to know something that, again, the sin in your life, the, the disobedience, God, the, the brokenness, the stuff you're trying to, it will inevitably be exposed. And God wants to expose it. And here's why this is so important if you're taking notes. God doesn't want to expose sin to embarrass us. God wants to expose sin to elevate us. Again, because things that are hidden in our pockets are holding us back. God wants to deal with the stuff that's holding you back so you can move on. If it's sin, if it's hurt, if it's heartache, if it's rebellion, if it's addiction, God wants to point it out, not to hurt your feelings, but to help you get to the next level he has for you because God has success for his people. Let's go, somebody. And as long as it's hidden, it's going to hold you back. See, God didn't point out Ache and sin just to rub their nose and see, see you, you lost the battle because you got stuff hidden. God's like, no, I got, I got other battles for you to fight. I've got other cities for you to take. I got a whole land, promised land for you. And you can't have any of it as long as stuff's hidden. So if you're good with just one city, keep hiding stuff. But if you want the promised land, you got to allow me to un, un, unravel. You got to allow me to dig up. You got to allow me to reveal this. And you might be embarrassed at first. But man, it'll be worth it. I can never remember a time in my life that I've ever been caught. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you, just, you got caught, like hand in the cookie jar. 
They caught you with the goods. Can never remember a time in my life that I'm like, that felt great. But I was always glad that somehow it was exposed, somehow it came out, because then it wasn't a secret anymore. See, the devil operates in the darkness. The enemy operates, as long as it's hidden and nobody knows, you feel safe, but the enemy has you right where he wants you. But man, if you'll get, not you get drugged, but if you'll drag that garbage into the light, man, that's where Jesus is. Jesus is the light of the world, and he'll shine his light and his glory and his goodness and his grace and his mercy on it, and you'll walk, we'll walk out free. Come on, is anybody here down with that? Let's go. Here's what I want you to hear in this backside as we get ready in just a few minutes for communion. Is that things hidden can be revealed to us. You say, what do you mean? Remember, remember what Paul said? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Be not deceived. I think sometimes we can hide stuff in our life so deep that we forgot it was even there. We've hit it so deep, like we're not, we don't even realize it's bothering us anymore. I think sometimes we hide stuff and we, we, we overlook it or we underestimate it. Again, we just don't, we forget all about it or we just think it's no big deal. Remember what, remember what it said about Achan? Listen. Remember it said Achan took this stuff and he said he buried it in the ground and he built and he, and he, and he uh, buried the silver deeper than anything else. So here's what he did. He dug a hole and he put silver in first. Then he covered some dirt over. Then he put the Gucci belt and the gold in and then he covered the rest of the hole and put the tent on it. You say, like, why? I mean, nobody's going to find it anyways. Nobody's going to find this old, but if they do, his, his mind was, hey, they might find the Gucci belt and the gold, but they'll never find the silver. I think sometimes we've been hurt so bad. We're so ashamed. Like we've buried stuff so deep. Again, some of you may be in this room. You've buried stuff so deep. Nobody knows your secrets, but you know it because it impacts your marriage, because it impacts your relationships, because you can't, hidden things are never really hidden. It, it always finds a way out. And maybe here nobody knows your hurt, nobody knows your pain, and you've buried it so deep you almost forgot about it, but it's there. And my heart is today, listen, that God will show you what it is so he can empty your pockets. There's a psalm, David, he says this, and he describes God this way. Listen to this. Go to, go to Psalm 139, please. It says, O Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. So I want you to notice, he says, I've examined. Everybody say, I've examined. You got to hit that D. I've examined, past tense, whether you wanted him to or not. Whether Achan wanted God, God already knew Achan had stuff hidden. Whether Achan wanted God to look or not. God's already examined. Every, God knows every heart. God knows every secret. God knows every struggle. God knows it all. Because God is an examining God. But what I want you to see is how David closes this psalm. So he opens by saying, God, this is who you are. You know everything. You've examined all of our hearts. You already know it all. But then he says this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Why? Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along in the path that's everlasting life. You know what he was saying? He's saying, God, you already know it all, but will you show me what you know? Will you help me to see what you see? Because if there's something in me that I've overlooked or underestimated, if there's something in me that's holding me back, God, will you show me? Because I want to get it. I want to get past it. I want to get beyond it. I, I want to get in my promised land. I want to walk in my victory. God, will you help me get to the other side? If you're taking notes, we should regularly ask God to disclose what he knows. We should regularly ask God to disclose what he knows. God knows things about you. Again, maybe nobody else knows. But the hidden things, the held back things, 
if you're willing to be vulnerable with God, not to embarrass you, but to elevate you, God will point his finger at you. God will pull it out of your pocket and God will set you free. You know, there's, everybody's experienced this. This this is one of the best feelings in life. Have you ever like gone to your closet and you pulled out a jacket or a pair of pants you've not worn like six months and you've reached in and you found a 20 spot? Anybody ever, you're like, is that a receipt? Oh, come on, somebody. And that was there the whole time, but you forgot about it. Like that was there for months. It's not like all of a sudden that was there when you reached it. That was there the whole time, but you forgot about it and overlooked it. Some of you in this room and some of you in Lawrenceburg, like there is stuff in your pocket that you have totally forgot about. And maybe today God's reminding you that it's there. Maybe like as soon as I started talking about what's hidden in your pocket, like you immediately knew this is the thing in my life that's holding me back. And not a lot of people know about it. I've hidden it from people, but today's the day. Come on, if I'm going to be vogue for Jesus, I'm going to empty my pockets and I'm going to deal with the stuff I've been holding back. How many people in this room is ready to deal with some stuff that's hidden in pockets? Let's go. What we're going to do today is we're going to take communion. We're going to take communion together as our worship team comes. And communion, this is exactly what it is. It's an opportunity for us to check our pockets. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, in having a conversation with the church about what communion is, he says this, he says, so we're to examine ourselves. We're to look inward as we look upward. Why? Because we're looking upward to remember what Jesus has done for us, and we're looking inward. What's the things we need to let go of? And so I just want to pray a prayer for all of us in this room. Lawrenceburg, everybody watching online, as we get ready to take communion together, I just want to pray a simple prayer. Will you all do me a favor? Will you bow your heads? Will you bow your hearts? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love us even in our sin, in our biggest struggles, in our greatest shame, you never love us less. And so, Lord, will you come and will you search us? And will you show us our hearts? Will you show us the things that are hidden? Will you reveal and remind us the things that maybe nobody else knows? And, Lord, I pray over every person in the name of Jesus, freedom, and I declare peace, and I declare joy, and I declare a new beginning in Jesus' name. Because of what you've done for us, God, I pray every person will walk out of this place 100% free. Will you turn our pockets inside out and deliver us in Jesus' name? Come on, everybody who agree with that, said, amen.